Thank you very much. We appreciate that so much. What a tremendous thought. Stand still and let God move. As a matter of fact, amazingly, that's the title of my message this morning. I'm just joking. But anyway, (laughs) for a moment there, I had you, didn't I? You were like, (laughs) I wish it was. I almost changed my message after hearing that song and just said, ah, we're just going to talk about stand still and let God move. Amen? Uh, Boy, uh, what a tremendous message is in that song and, and in the others that they sang as well. Well, take your Bible. We don't have a lot of time today, but we have enough time today. We have exactly what we need. And so let's turn to Malachi chapter 4, please. Malachi chapter 4. I want to note again, it's sunny Sunday. And uh, we had a little bit of sunshine earlier. It'll probably pop out again. Uh, We weren't sure when we decided to try out just sunny Sunday. We thought, well, that sounds like a great title and just something fun and and, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, encouraging to me. I don't know. I think of sunny days. I think of good days. They have a lot more of those out in California than we do here, but uh, we still have our share of them, it seems. Uh, Malachi chapter 4, this year we've really been blessed with some great weather, but uh, let's begin in Malachi chapter 4. We're going to read the first three verses of that chapter, and then we'll go from there. Malachi chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven... And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. He shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. He shall tread down the wicked, but they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord. Of hosts. In our passage, there's a very interesting phrase. And I know that it sounds somewhat ominous, to say the least, this particular passage. And it certainly is to some degree, but it need not be completely ominous. In the passage, this significant or very interesting phrase is the Son of Righteousness. I want you to note that phrase. If you have your Bible, look at it. It says, Son of Righteousness. The word son is spelled S-U-N. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, in the context, it's clear that a person and not an object is being addressed here. It's obvious. And yet the spelling of the word is S-U-N. Later in the passage, he says, the healing in his wings. So obviously, it's a person, not a thing. If one were inclined to discredit the Bible or bent on finding fault or error with it, they certainly could try to point out this glaring so-called mistake in the Bible. However, if you're convinced that the Bible is true, that every portion of it is correct, perfect, and preserved, then what we're going to find here is that there's a very wonderful truth being exhibited, a wonderful truth being shared and a very encouraging application for each and every one of us today. And I'm happy to tell you that the latter's true. Because we are convinced, without a doubt, that both by example and experience in our own lives, and even more so by faith itself, that what we hold in our hands today, this morning, is none other than the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. 
And so today, what we have before us in this passage is a wonderful truth and an encouraging application for each of us on sunny Sunday. It's no coincidence or chance that the word sun is spelled the way it is. It is providential. God wanted to provide you and I with a very powerful, practical picture today. That picture and point is simple. And don't miss it now. The Son is a picture of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And yet that practical. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See, every time you see the sun rise in the east, every time you note it hanging in the the heavens, every time that it's sinking into the west hemisphere, I want you to know that you're seeing a picture of Jesus Christ. You're being reminded of the Lord Jesus Himself. Every time you take a drive to work and the sun just, just, I guess, burns your eyes out. Every time you're on your way home and it's setting in the the west and it just comes right through the windshield. Every time that you take a walk in the park. Every time that you enjoy the morning sunshine as it, it melts away the dew. Every time you recognize and see the sun, I want you to remember that you're getting a picture of Jesus Christ. You need to be reminded one more time that the Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven. Although that sun, S-U-N, is in the heavens... Jesus Christ, the Son, is seated at the right hand of the Father. That sunshine, or sun, pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. While describing New Jerusalem, that celestial city, that city that you and I, that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ in, those that have received and accepted the Lord as Savior, will literally live in and dwell in one day. While speaking of that particular city... The Bible says, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Now, the Lamb of God, obviously, we recognize and understand to be Jesus Christ. There's no need of sunshine, literal sunshine in that city, because He is the light. So every time you and I see the sun in the sky, every time we see it one time crest over the horizon and go down into it, every time we are faced with the sun and feel its rays and warmth and heat, we are to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single time. What can we learn then? Today I just want to make two simple applications. We don't have, as I said, a lot of time, but we have enough time. And we have exactly the time we need. And so I want to share just a couple of thoughts. And I want to note how the sun in the sky pictures the sun on the throne. And so today we're going to note two thoughts. One, that both provide light. And secondly, that both provide life. So before we do, let's pray. Father, we come to you thanking you for this time together. Father, for this sanctified group that came their way, Father living in their life for you and singing songs that praise your name. For them, we are grateful. Father, for that member that had to take flight, we trust, Lord, that all is well with her. You meet her need and her life and families. I don't know why she had to depart, but, Lord, for whatever reason, may you bless her and meet her needs. Lord, bless this group as they travel. Prepare them. Father, protect them. 
And Lord, empower them. And Father, may they truly accomplish what they've been sent out to do. You said your word would not return void. Now, Lord, may their efforts not return void either. Lord, may you just bless us this morning and may our hearts be knit together with yours. May the Spirit of God speak to us and may the Word of God truly, truly drive home this simple truth that every time we look at the Son, we see our Savior. May we never forget how wonderful He is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, both provide light. Both provide light. The sun in the sky, the sun, the Lord Jesus Christ. I was in the army, and I remember being on maneuvers in Germany. I was part of a communications platoon, and uh, a, a lieutenant was over that platoon. And uh, we were on maneuvers, and we were uh, what was called a reforger, and uh, it was in the summer, and so we were out. It was it was uh, uh, it was kind of rainy in Germany, and the weather wasn't that awfully good. It was actually kind of springtime. Uh, it, it just Nonetheless, it wasn't always very pleasant, but we were out for two weeks at a time. And so when we went out, I, would, I happened to get the duty of driving the lieutenant. And so I was his personal driver, and everywhere he went, I drove him. And any time he had to go somewhere, I drove him. And I remember this particular lieutenant. He was, he was rather boisterous. He was uh, very opinionated, and he was strong-willed. And, and I was driving, and he had taken, had us go back to meet up with another unit that was back through the woods. And the roads were very narrow. And on the sides of the roads were these big ditches. I mean, they were huge, probably six, six seven feet deep on each side. Well, it wasn't so bad as we were making our way back there. Uh, it was during the, the uh, evening, and uh, we arrived there. He had a meeting with some of uh, uh, other uh, important men, and they had probably strategized or whatever they had to do. Well, on the way back out, he said, all right, O'Donnell, let's get going. I said, all right, that's good. Well, you got to understand that when you're in the, the military and you're on uh, what they called a reforger or on these maneuvers, you weren't allowed, you had to ex- uh, uh, exhibit what was called light discipline. You're supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be just like war, right? So you're not allowed to have your lights on because you attract the enemy, that kind of thing. So here we are making our way back through these woods, and I had to keep my lights off. Now, they had night lights on your, your lights. They were at the bottom. They were so tiny that they really let no light out at all. And, and truthfully, it didn't really help. So what we'd often do is we'd look in the sky, and we'd follow the tree line. Well, I was going really slow, and the lieutenant was getting a little impatient. And I remember him saying, come on, O'Donnell, let's get out of here. Come on, get moving. we got places to go. I said, but sir, it's very dark. And I said, there's ditches on both sides. We need to be very careful. I can't see, I can't see a thing in front of me. And you've got to understand, there's trees everywhere, so there's no light at all in the sky hardly. It was very dark. And, and he kept on me. Come on now, let's go. I, I, you're a soldier. Get, act like a soldier. Get this done. What are you afraid of? And all this. And I said, okay. <laughs> Started going faster. Come on, O'Donnell, what's your problem? Let's get out of here. You know which way to go. I, I had a hard time with directions anyway, and it was night. I couldn't see a thing. So we're driving. I don't know if we're driving in circles or what we're doing. But ultimately, I felt my front wheel give way a little bit. It started to slide. And next thing I know, yeah, you know what happened. Whew, right into that ditch. It was such a steep ditch, honestly, that when we finally came to a complete stop, he was laying on his side on the ground. And I was hanging from the steering wheel. He was going crazy. I can't repeat what he said, but nonetheless, he was very upset. And I wanted to say, I told you so. But in no way was I going to say that, obviously. Well, what was the problem? The problem was I couldn't see a thing in front of me. The problem was it was pitch black. It was dark. And boy, when it's dark, you can't see where you're going. 
And I want you to understand today that when the sun comes out, it lightens our world and our earth, and we're able to get around much easier than when it's dark. But you know what? That's the way it is in our lives, too, today. Do you realize that the Bible teaches us that we are sinners and that we're in total darkness? As a matter of fact, over in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, turn there if you would please, it speaks about the God of this world and how He has blinded the minds of them (laughs) that are lost. Notice what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. See, most people are searching for the purpose in life, for purpose. I mean, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Is it just about waking up in the morning, taking a shower, getting cleaned up, going to work, coming home, dealing with my wife and kids, going through life? Is it just one thing after another? Monotony, monotony. No, there is purpose in life and God has purpose for you. But ultimately, you have to get in the light. Notice what it says here in the book of 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Wow, what a powerful verse. What what powerful statements. Again, many wander aimlessly, seeking and searching for something, but never finding it. Can I tell you that you will forever search this world over to fill that vacuum and void that exists in your heart and life, and you will forever be lost. Jesus Christ alone is the light of this world. Jesus Christ alone can fill that void. Only Christ can truly meet the need in your life today. Only Christ can do that. See, the sun provides light for the earth, but... Jesus Christ provides light for our soul and our heart and our eternity. Sadly, men and women are in darkness. Again, lacking direction, lacking leadership. Only Christ can lead you into a purposeful life. You know, today, I want you to understand that if you are struggling with purpose, if you somehow feel that your life, that you're on some kind of merry-go-round and you're making good time but getting nowhere fast, then I want you to realize it's because you need some illumination. You need some light. And only the only light that will enable you to get where God wants you to truly accomplish something worth accomplishing, to truly, as a believer especially, to fulfill the purpose and plan for God in your life, and as an unbeliever to really reach the pinnacle of usefulness that God intended for you, you need to let Christ live and reign in your heart. He is the light. He'll light your path and He'll light your direction. I don't know what to do with my kids and I don't know what to do with my marriage and I'm struggling with where to go in my life and what kind of career and what kind of direction I need to take. I'll tell you, you need to get close to Christ. He's the light and He'll give you some guidance and direction. We're looking for it in all the wrong places. You've heard the song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, we're looking for light in all the wrong places. We're reading the self-help books. We're going to Dr. Phil and we're looking at all the, the, the uh, media outlets and we're reading all the self-help books and all those things. But listen, let me tell you something. we got a book that contains Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world and He'll give you leadership and He'll set you on the right course and He'll take you to the right destination. You need Christ today. That's who you need. He provides the light. 
in November 1975, 75 convicts started digging a secret tunnel designed to bring them up at the other side of the wall of Satillo Prison in northern Mexico. Oh, I mean, they were working hard, sweating. I mean, striving to, to break their way out of prison. On April 18, 1976, guided by pure genius, mind you, they tunneled up into a nearby courtroom. <laughs> the very courtroom that many of them had been sentenced in. The surprised judge did what only he could do. He returned them, all 75, to jail. Isn't that amazing? You know, Satan keeps mankind in darkness. And every effort of escape, every time a human being tries to tunnel their way out or tries to find a way out, and all of a sudden they realize that with all their effort and all their sweat and all their tears, they realize they end up in the same place, never going anywhere, still in darkness, still bound, still unsatisfied and unfulfilled. But friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the light. Not only is He the light, but secondly, He provides life. Life. Both provide light, but both provide life. Sherry and I, we took a few days... And uh, it was in March, actually, uh, around our birthdays. And we decided to go down to Amish country. It's around our birthdays, uh, March. But anyway, uh, I'm joking. It it really was March. But anyway, uh, I took a few days in March, and we went down to Amish country. Some of you have been down there. I know that we have our our couples retreat there, and, and, and it's enjoyable. We really do enjoy it. It's awesome. But anyway, uh, we stopped down there, and we spent a couple of days down there, and the sun was hot when we arrived. I mean, it was, it was warm. I mean, March in, in Ohio, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you could have snow on the ground. And uh, in reality, you know, uh, normally that would be more the case than, you know, good weather. But, boy, we had beautiful weather. The sun was hot. It was just gorgeous. And I remember telling Sherry, and, and I, I, we were looking at the trees that, that outlined the, the, the road leading into the hotel. And I said, you know, if this weather holds up, if it stays like this for another week, man, I'm going to tell you, those trees are going to bloom. And uh, she said, wow, I, you know, I would, I, yeah, they sure look like it. I mean, they look like they're getting ready to bloom already. I said, yeah, if you keep this weather up, they're going to bloom. You know, that next day, before we left, every one of those trees had bloomed. You know why? Because of the sun. Sun brings life. All vegetation and all those kind of things dies out in the winter, so to speak, kind of lays dormant. But when that sun comes out, it brings life. And I'm going to tell you something. There's no one and there is nothing in this world that brings life like Jesus Christ. Nothing. No one. In John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, sadly enough, many have gotten the wrong idea about Christianity, haven't they? Some have seen some poor testimonies along the way, and some have not been so impressed with what we've become. 
matter of fact, I spoke to a man the other day that asked me some very sincere questions. Very young man, by the way. Was very concerned about the direction of Christianity. He said, if, if we're really Christians, if people are supposed to be Christians like they are, how come they get these tattoos and all this body piercings? How come they do all the same things? If we're supposed to be... And he said, I know enough about Christianity from reading the Bible and from talking to people that it seems to me there ought to be... They shouldn't be doing those things because the body's like... The body's like, I said, the temple. He said, absolutely. They ought to be taking care of it, not marking it all up. He's lost. Admittedly lost. But he sees there ought to be a difference. I didn't say it. He did. And all I'm saying is, sometimes I think the world has gotten a poor vision or view of what Christianity is because they expect something different and unique, but they don't see it. Jesus Christ, like that Son, transforms and changes that which is dormant. He changes that which is dead in trespasses and sins. And makes it alive. There ought to be a change in our attitude, our heart and our outlook that ultimately affects our walk. Look, if you would, please, to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians, we read about this quickening or change, this that transpires and takes place when a person truly puts their faith and trust in Him, the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, we read, And you hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. See, a transformation takes place the moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm not who I used to be. I'm new. I'm a new creature in Christ. And boy, that creature needs to be let loose. And allow the world to see what Christ alone can do in a life. And I want to encourage you, if you're a believer today, if you put your faith in the Lord, let Christ's light shine through you and let His life be your life. Exhibit that life. Let Christ who lives in you out. And allow the world to see the transforming power and the life-changing effect of Jesus Christ. Lazarus was dead. His sisters Mary and Martha were brokenhearted along with a number of friends and family that had gathered that day. The Lord Jesus Christ, He finally arrives and at least finally arrives in the mind of Mary and Martha. You're late, Jesus. If only you would have come earlier. My brother would not be dead. Jesus says to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, steps up to that tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rises and lives. Jesus Christ is the life. And He can give you life as well today. If you feel as though sin is weighing you down and you have no hope, If you could look back on your life and you would say, Oh no, if only you knew what I have done and where I've been, there's no way that even Jesus Christ could give me eternal life. There's no way that He could accept me into His fold or into His family. There's no way that He would permit me or allow me to spend one moment in His heaven, His perfect heaven. I want you to know you're wrong. Because Jesus is a life giver. Even as that sun uh, just shines down on that vegetation that is dead or dormant, so Jesus Christ, the light of this world, shines down and brings life out of that which is dead in trespasses and sins. You're never too deep, never too gone for Jesus Christ. There's a relationship that makes us or makes life complete. Without that relationship, as I mentioned already, there is a void that exists, an emptiness that no one can deny that is honest with self. H.G. Wells, the famous historian and philosopher at the age of 61, said, I have no peace. All life is at the end of the tether. The poet Brian said, My days are in yellow leaf. The flowers and fruits of life are gone. The worm and the canker and the grief are mine alone. The literary genius Thoreau made this statement. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. Ralph Barton, one of the top cartoonists of the nation, left this note pinned to his pillow before taking his own life. I've had few difficulties, many friends, Great successes. I've gone from wife to wife, from house to house, visited great countries of the world, but I am fed up with inventing devices to fill up 24 hours a day. I'm fed up, he says, with inventing devices to fill up 24 hours a day. Aren't you tired? Aren't you fed up? With existing. The Lord Jesus Christ promises life abundant. You don't need to settle anymore. Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, is both light and life. You need only draw nigh to Him. Draw nigh to Him. If you're lost today, and if, if I would say, if you died today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? If you'd say, well, preacher, I can't say that for sure. I don't know that without a doubt. I want you to know you can know. I want you to know that Jesus Christ can and will give you life and life everlasting. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You can have that life today. You say, I feel hopeless And I feel helpless. I want you to know that He is the light. 
And in the midst of your darkness, He can bring hope. Boy, I tell you what, I love the light. I like when things are going bad at night. I am, I'm, a, I'm crazy at night. I don't like the darkness. you got that building over there, the Carousel Dinner Theater that we've purchased. And we're doing a number of renovations. We're trying to tear it out and get it ready. But I've gone over there some on my own by myself. There are things alive in there. I walk in the door of that building and I start yelling, Anybody home? Hoping that they think I know they're in there. And that they'll willingly come out before I find them unexpectedly. I don't like darkness and I don't like surprises. I like to see things clear. And the first thing I want to do is get the lights on. As a matter of fact, if I'm with Mr. Jurgen, I like to send him ahead. Get them lights on, brother. Yeah, well, just go ahead, brother. Yeah, you're, you, you know, you know, age before beauty, brother. He goes in, turns the lights on. I'm just standing by the door just in case. I mean, I wouldn't abandon him. I'd at least call 911 as I was running. But I'm going to tell you something. I like the light. I like to see where I'm going and where I'm headed. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't like, I don't like surprises like that. I, I like that Be Still, that song. But you know, even in the midst of those trials and tribulations, even in the midst of that stillness, you have the light with you. You don't have to be afraid. You're in the shadow of His presence. Boy, today, I just want to encourage you, if you're a child of God, draw nigh to Jesus Christ. And every time you see that sun shining... Every time it comes over the horizon, every time it dips down in, I want you to think about Him. I want you to be grateful for what He's done in your life, how He saved your soul and how He set you free, how He made you His child and gave you that home in heaven, and how He lives with you daily, empowering and enabling you to fulfill and perform His will and purpose in your life. If you're lost today without Christ, I want to, like the Lord Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He said He'll give you rest. I want to offer that opportunity to come, not to remain in the darkness, not to remain in, on, with the, the burden of life, not to remain in the helplessness and hopelessness that exists in this world today. Jesus Christ will make you free indeed, and Jesus Christ will give you life everlasting. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, or who you are. He loves you and will save you, forgive you, and rescue you today and give you purpose for living. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time that we've had together, sunny Sunday. And Lord, we're asking you to take these few moments now of invitation and, and truly help us to see our need. Maybe, Father, we've taken you for granted somewhat, even as we can take the sunshine for granted at times. Even as, if we're not careful, we can even curse the sunshine. Sadly enough, we can even get to the place where if we're not careful, we could even curse you. Father, may you just bless us today in this invitation. Lord, in our midst today, there may be those that do not know for sure if they died, they'd go to heaven. They're visiting with us. They may feel a little bit uncomfortable even this moment as the Holy Spirit of God pricks their heart and begins to woo them and 
and convicts, convict them of sin and the need of Christ in their life. But, Lord, may they realize they're among friends, people that do care, and that, Lord, more than that, they are here for You. You want them in Your family. You want them in Your fold. And, Lord, that they need not fear the change that will come because You will give them the grace they need to overcome whatever it is in their life that they think is impossible. Now, Father, may You just bless. I wonder today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone in the midst that would say, Preacher, I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I can't honestly say that I have that settled. I don't have it settled. I don't know for sure. Please pray for me. Can I pray for you with an uplifted hand? Would you say, that's me. I don't have that settled. Anybody in our room today? I don't have it settled. I don't know that for sure. I'm kind of like that guy you described or that gal. I'm kind of on that merry-go-round. And I'm making good time, but I'm getting nowhere fast. Please pray for me, preacher. Can I pray for you? Can I do that? You're a child of God. You've received and accepted Christ. There's been a day, a time, a place when you did that. But your life isn't quite reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. There's a part of there's a part of you that's just not been submitted or surrendered to the Lord like you ought to be. What is it in your life that God's asking for? Today, won't you just yield it to Christ and allow Him to work in your life? He is the light and the life. Father, we come to you now. We ask, Lord, that you would just lead us and guide us each individually. May we not look to our neighbor and wonder what you would have them do, but may we, Father, be focused now in our heart, our life, obeying what you'd have us to do. Lord, as we will all stand in a moment and all remain in our seats and not flee to the back or make our way out or prepare to leave, but truly focus in these next few minutes on this time of invitation, may you, Father, be glorified in it. May you perform in each of our lives exactly what needs done. In Jesus' name.